Reading from the third chapter of the prophet Samuel, beginning with verse 1. 1 Samuel chapter 3. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel. And he said, here I am. And ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down. And if He calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make both ears of anyone who hears of it tingle. On that day I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God. And he did not restrain them. Therefore I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be expiated by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay there until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli, but Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. He said, here I am. Eli said, what was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all that He told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And then he said, It is the Lord. Let Him do what seems good to Him. As Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was a trustworthy prophet of the Lord. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. 
I've kind of hinted at some of what I wanted to say about this text when I was talking about our giving and how these things that we do, vacation Bible school, my ministry, everything we do depends on our giving together. But you know what it depends on also is presence, doesn't it? We can do all of these things we want to do, but if no one shows up, if no one new ever comes, if no one ever acknowledges God for the first time, what fruit could we really say we have? Could we really say that God was doing anything spectacular in us as all we do is maintain ourselves or maintain a building? Isn't the whole point of a person being called to help other people enter into relationship with the one who calls us all? That was Samuel's job as a prophet. His immediate job was to go and tell Eli some bad news. And I really like Eli's response. Eli the priest basically said, he's God. Let him do what he wants to. See, Eli's sons weren't so hot. They were priests serving under him. And they were taking all of the best parts of the offering for themselves. They were doing all sorts of horrible things at the tabernacle. They weren't being who they were supposed to be. And you know, the truth of the matter is, most pastors would tell you sometimes it's hard to be all we're supposed to be. So I can't imagine what it was like for them. They had gotten caught up in everything that was going on around them. The Judges 25 tells us that everybody at that time was doing whatever seemed right in their own eyes. They had forgotten the face of God. Samuel gets called into a time like that. And Samuel becomes a great leader for a people of people. He called the people back to God. He called the first king. And then he called the king that we all remember. King starts with a D. Who is he? David. We sing his songs. Read his psalms. They become part of our Bible. They're scripture to us. They're the word of God to us. His relationship with his people, his struggles have become informative to us. And you know, Saul was the one called to anoint him. Samuel, excuse me. And Samuel's own beginning is a little odd. His mother was barren. She couldn't have a child. And she was being picked on by her husband's other wife. And she was bullying her and acting as if God didn't care for her because she didn't have children. And she cried out to the Lord and said, if you will give me a child, I will give him to you. And so God gave her Samuel. And true to her promise, she carried Samuel to the tabernacle to Eli the priest and gave him to Eli to raise, to serve God. She gave him to the temple for service. And for that reason, I guess it's a little odd to hear that he didn't yet know the Lord, right? I mean, these days people seem to think that people come to know about God by osmosis or something. When I was in elementary school, everybody seemed to think it was the public school's job to teach our children about God. We had this lady, Miss Trumbull, who kind of came around and did it. But that's what everybody thought, and some people still think that. That it's our teachers' jobs to teach our children about God, to tell them about God's ways, to tell them about God's love and mercy to tell them about Jesus. But I wonder, church, whose job is that? Do you know? Anybody want to venture a guess? Don't be shy. Ours. And isn't that a little difficult to admit? It's our job. It's our job to make sure that our neighbors and our communities, that our enemies know that there is a God in heaven who loves them. 
That there is a God in the earth who loves them. And that there is a God who meets on Sundays at Adna with other people who love Him. How are they going to find that out? Is it going to happen by osmosis? Are they going to come up through their pillow into their ear? How will they know what voice it is that they're hearing when they're out in the sunshine? I can remember a distinct day in my life when my father and I were out scouting a tract of woods off of Highway 97 near Liberty Hill, right between Great Falls and Liberty Hill, maybe two or three miles from the bottom of the Fishing Creek Dam. We were walking around this kind of hill that came to a point, and there was a dogwood tree there, and it had three trunks, and they were all kind of curly like that and wrapping around. And my dad stopped. I was maybe 14 years old and I believed in God and I loved Jesus and I went to church more often than anybody else in my family did. But it startled me when my father said, pointing at that tree, I was saved under that tree, son. Wanted me to know where it was that God finally got His full attention. And I felt this flood wash over me the goodness. If my dad needs that, surely I need it. And what he was doing for me was making sure that I knew that those voices that I was hearing, that Ms. McClinic and all the other people in the church that raised me, that the God I was hearing through them, that the God I was hearing in my prayers, that the God I was hearing through other people who God had put in my life was trustworthy enough that my Father gave Himself to Him. Do you hear me, church? How can they know that they can trust themselves to God? If you don't tell them. I don't like horror movies. I told you all a few weeks ago about going to see that thing about the quiet place or whatever. If you don't like being scared, don't go see that thing. But I've seen enough modern horror movies to know that if you're laying in a room somewhere and you hear a little voice, you don't want to go see what it is. And I can't imagine being a little boy and laying in the tabernacle in the tent of meeting in the temple of its time out there in a town called Shiloh laying there and hearing a voice and you know your two options are you're hearing something else or you're hearing the old priest that you're serving. You're going to want it to be him, right? And you go to him and say, no, 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 I didn't call you. Well, can you imagine what he thought? He was probably scared. And he came a second time and he was probably just as scared. And if you've had children, you know what that looks like when your child comes to your bed and you wake up and there's a little child's face staring at you and scares you to death. And it says, I heard something. (laughs) And the only person around who could tell him what he had heard was this old crotchety priest named Eli who was starting to lose his sight, whose children weren't doing the best job they could have done. You know, some people would say he, was, he must have been a bad father, right? By all accounts, he's not a model priest. He's not a not model follower of God. His progeny's running all over the place doing bad things. But God used him. We don't have to be a perfect church. We don't have to have it all together. We don't have to do everything right for God to use us to tell people who it is that's calling them. All we have to do is want them to hear. Eli could have said, here, hop up on my bedroll with me and don't worry about it. 
But instead, he knew in his heart that it was the Lord God who was calling Samuel. And he sent him back and told him to say, Here I am. Speak. Your servant is listening. What I want you to know is that there are people in this world who need for you to be Eli. They need for you to be the one that points out to them who it was that they heard calling their spirit while they sat out beside the lake camping or while they were on the river or while they were standing on a mountain or while they were having a horrible day at work or while they were having a horrible day on the farm, or wherever they were, when some friend abandoned them, when a parent abandoned them, when their children abandoned them, when something happened to them, and something got their attention, and they realized that there was a God in heaven. It's your job to tell them that it was that God that was calling them, and that we can know Him through His Son, Jesus, who came here to live with us, and die for us, and be raised for us, so that He can live with us forever again. You're the bearer of that good news. You're the bearer of His name. It's written on your heart, the Bible says. Not so that you can hide it away, but so that you can be like Eli and tell them who it is that's calling them. And you don't have to be a perfect disciple to do that. You only have to be willing. Do you hear me, church? There are no awards in the Bible for the priest Eli because he did such a great job. He's not remembered because he was a terrific priest. He's remembered because he told a little boy that the Lord was calling him. He wasn't perfect. He wasn't rich. He didn't have all the money in the world. He just had willingness. Are we willing tell others the good news that we know. Isn't that what it boils down to? Being willing? You might say, well, you know, if I, if I say that at work, if I sit in my little cubicle or in my office or somewhere and I start talking about Jesus, they're going to think I'm one of them Jesus freak people. So what? Do you love Him? Do you serve Him or not? Eli was willing. My prayer, dear ones, is that we will be willing no matter what. No matter what it might cost us, no matter what shame it might bring us, no matter what, that we would be willing to say to others, it's the Lord. Listen. Listen to Him. This is Samuel's call story. Last week we heard a call story for the prophet Isaiah. We finished that by singing, Here I Am, as a response to say, Lord, if you're calling us, well, here we are. What are you calling us to? I'm going to give you another chance to respond today. We're called and invited to this table to come and answer the call of Christ to come to Him. All of us who are weary, who are heavy laden, who are burdened by sin, who are afraid, whatever burden we bear, we can bring it to Him today, to this table, to this place of meeting. Receive His grace and mercy in our very hands. But you know, we've got to be willing to come. 
And the promise is that we'll be empowered to serve Him. And inviting others to listen to. When you come to the table, will you come answering His call to you? For you see, it's Christ our Lord who invites you to this table. 